Chances are, if you are American, you've heard of the opiate epidemic. What do you think of when you hear the phrase opiate addiction? You might think of people who have made poor choices in life, slumped on the street or scrambling to get their next fix. We hear about overdose deaths all the time, as death from opioid overdose has tripled in the last decade. Maybe you think that it could never happen to you, that addiction can simply be avoided by not doing drugs and doing what your doctor tells you. However, you might not know where such life-shattering addictions come from. In 2014, more than 28,000 people died from opioid overdose, and at least half of those deaths involved a prescription opioid. According to a report by the CDC, the number of deaths rose to 47,000 in 2017, and prescription opioids were still involved in 36% of deaths. Even this does not account for the number of people suffering from prescription opioid addiction, and those whose opioid prescriptions led them to more dangerous forms of opiates. In this podcast, we will discuss dependence and addiction derived from prescription opioids and how it may be prevented. Suppose you are driving to the grocery store one day and get into an accident. Maybe you get a concussion or your ribs are broken. Either way, you're in a lot of pain, so you ask the doctor what to do about it. He prescribes you an opioid pain medication, which you take as directed at first. You're still in pain, so you take a second pill. It's from a doctor, so what's the harm, right? Suddenly, you find you can't stop, and addiction takes over your life. This is exactly what happened to Brenda, an interviewee from the CDC's RX Awareness Program. She recalls how no one warned her about the nature of her medication, saying the following, When I was first prescribed my prescription pain meds, there was nobody to tell me that these have a really high potential for addiction. How can I be addicted? I get these from my doctor. It kills your soul and makes you feel worthless. People all across the nation have similar stories, like Mike, who received opioids for a wrist injury from playing hockey. His prescription long outlasted the pain itself, and he became addicted within only a few months. According to his interview, he did not realize how physically dependent upon his opioids his body had become until he became very sick from withdrawal. He continued taking them not to treat any pain, but to avoid feeling these withdrawal symptoms ever again. We are all likely to get injured or undergo surgery at some point, and wisdom teeth extraction is a standard surgery that millions of people receive each year. Here is the experience of a friend who was prescribed opioids following his wisdom teeth removal. I was... When I was 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. I'd say the recovery, like the first day or two, was definitely pretty painful. So I was glad to have the, is Vicodin, I think, like a low dose, the 5 slash 325s. Uh, so definitely for like the first day or two, it was pretty intense because I could feel, they said I could take them every six hours, so right about the six-hour mark, I could definitely feel when it was wearing off. I was like, okay, that hurts. Like, I'm glad to have this. But within a couple of days, it was pretty manageable without them. They definitely gave me more than was necessary. I know there were a decent amount left over after I was done. Like, I stopped taking them because I just didn't really have any pain, but there was still a good amount left in the bottle. I think I just had the surgery and they just handed me a prescription, said it was for the pain, and said to go fill it and take them, and that's what I did. I don't remember ever being like clearly stated like, yo, this is an addictive drug, like be careful or anything like that. It might have been like somewhere buried in like the packaging that no one reads, but it was never told to me explicitly. 
at about maybe five hours after the last one, I'd start, like, really feeling it, and then I'd be just, like, looking at the clock, like, you know, can it please be at six hours so I can take another one? Because at first it really hurt, and they really blocked the pain. Like, it's a very effective medication. So for something that's very painful and won't last very long, those are definitely a good medication. Um, I don't know, I think it might be kind of different when it gets into chronic pain where you have people on them for years and years where tolerance could start definitely developing. From 2004 to 2011, there was a 65% increase in medical use of opioids, and one of these uses is the treatment of chronic pain. Chronic pain is defined by the National Institutes of Health as any pain lasting more than 12 weeks. This includes many types of pain and can be ongoing throughout someone's life. A review of 38 studies found that opioid misuse, or use contrary to the directed or prescribed pattern, was averaged between 21 and 29% of chronic pain patients, and addiction averaged between 8 and 12%. There are differing views on opioid use for chronic pain. Chronic pain patient Ken Start says, Opioids are almost never the appropriate long-term solution for pain. These should only be considered as a last resort when all other options have failed, for terminally ill patients, and for very short-term use after procedures. However, Amy Kay posits that chronic pain patients are not addicted. They are dependent on a medication in order to function and contribute to society. I am also dependent on two antihypertensives. I rely on aspirin for its antiplatelet properties. Would anyone ever imagine taking those treatments away because I am dependent on them? No. How can we prevent and fight these addictions? In 2016, the CDC released official guidelines for prescribing opioids, and the Department of Health and Human Services developed a national pain strategy in a collaboration between government, researchers, and healthcare providers. This year, the Veterans Affairs Healthcare System has developed a stratification tool for opioid risk management to assist doctors and nurses in evaluating risks for each patient. This tool provides a risk score of adverse outcomes in addition to personalized risk mitigation strategies and non-opioid alternatives. On an individual level, the CDC tells patients never to take more than the amount prescribed and to dispose of unused opioids through community drug take-back and pharmacy mail-back programs, or simply to flush them down the toilet, and most importantly, to discuss all options and risks of treatment with a doctor. For addictions that have already developed, medication-assisted treatment in conjunction with lifestyle changes and psychotherapy can be very effective. Buprenorphine is particularly useful, which unlike methadone, is a partial opioid agonist and can block craving without causing euphoria. Despite this, there is not widespread knowledge or use of the drug. A 10-year study also found that three-fourths of those with prescription opioid dependence are not receiving any treatment, so increasing access to treatment is likely to have an impact. Using opioids to treat pain is an issue that is not black and white. As damaging as opioids can be, living with pain can be damaging as well. As one chronic pain patient puts it, living in pain is work, real material labor, and because the overwhelming majority of us who suffer it still endeavor also to do other work in the labor economy, have a job, raise children, or otherwise participate productively in society, opioid medication serves as an essential tool, however limited or imperfect, in getting both jobs done. However, based upon what I have learned throughout this course and in creating this project, I feel that opioids have long been prescribed irresponsibly and that the treatment available for those dependent upon or addicted to them is inadequate. In order to solve this portion of the epidemic, I believe a wider change in healthcare as a culture is necessary, especially in the communication between healthcare professionals, the government, and ourselves as patients.